0: ISU and Eastern Illinois take the field Saturday in a rivalry match for the Mid-America Classic.
1: Rivian makes history with official production launch.
0: More on these stories. I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. I'm Sierra Henry. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short evening, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. So a lot happened this week, so we're just going to dive right in with some business news coming out of Rivian this week. Sierra, take it away.
1: Well, um, big news for Rivian as the electric vehicle company made history at its normal plant here um, this week with their official production launch. CEO and founder RJ Scrooge was on site at the production facility and drove off the first fully battery electric truck off the production line. And that is the first ever fully battery electric truck, not just for Rivian, but for any companies. As you know, Tesla has been trying to make the uh, Cybertruck and GM has their own line of trucks that are supposed to be coming out. But Rivian is the first. And this has been very exciting news for Normal as um, the company bought the the production plant in 2017. It was the former Mitsubishi Motors um, production facility. And now, It has become this huge, huge factory that's been expanded and uh, they've poured like millions of dollars into um, making this happen. We're all really excited. I mean, the whole world is basically watching Rivian right now because they've just gathered or they've just got so much like national and international attention. A lot of eyes on central Illinois as um, electric vehicles and clean energy become increasingly Uh, more important as you know and we'll talk about later on this week or later on in this podcast that Illinois also just passed a sweeping energy bill so this is huge news we're very excited I wrote um, a story about the uh, production launch I'm also going to be on site on Sunday not this Sunday but next Sunday to um, tour the facility and see some test drives happening Um, people should be getting their first ever Rivian vehicle and the very, very soon. So um If you want to read more, you can find all my stories and past reports at panagraph.com, and keep up with us on social media uh, because this stuff is just changing daily. The Stevenson
0: Decatur High School Class of 1956 has donated a seat that used to be in the historic Lincoln Theater to display as part of a fundraiser to rehabilitate the building. The Friends of the Lincoln Square Theater is raising funds to save the historic theater, which opened in 1916 and hosted live performances and movies for decades. The nonprofit hopes to open the venue for entertainment, community arts, and educational events. Herald Review reporter Valerie Wells wrote this week. To read more about how the class of 1956 plans to support the project, you can find Valerie's full story at herald-review.com. And now let's throw things over to local government. Well, starting with state government, actually.
1: Illinois this week passed a sweeping energy bill that will provide subsidies keeping the state's nuclear fleet afloat while freezing out coal and natural gas sources to reach the state's goal of achieving 100% clean power by 2050. The bill mandates privately owned coal-fired plants to close by 2030 and natural gas plants to close by 2045. Lee Enterprise State House reporter Britta Moore has been following these Uh, has been following this legislation really closely and has written some really great pieces in the last couple months about how this will affect power plants. And if you want to read more about this massive piece of legislation, you can find all of his stories and more at our three websites, Herald-Hyphen-Review.com, Panagraph.com, and jg-tc.com. Now into
0: some local government, Mattoon's sewers are getting an upgrade. This week, crews began work to install new sanitary sewers on 10th and 11th streets from Pyatt Avenue to the north end of each roadway. They're working on one street at a time to keep the other street open to traffic, and one block will be closed at a time in the immediate work areas. The sewer work is part of a $6.8 million combined sewer overflow piping project, which the city council approved in June. This state mandated project is funded by a loan from the Illinois Environmental Protection Association. So if you wanna learn more about this project and what it means for Mattoon, be sure to find Rob Stroud's report at
1: jg-tc.com. The Bloomington City Council voted Monday to extend the 17 month Old pause on utility shutoff and penalties through October 1st. The moratorium was first implemented in March 2020 as a response to the economic hardships accelerated by the coronavirus pandemic. The council voted to extend the moratorium in April and lifted it in June. City staff recommended this week moratorium extensions in response to new mitigations, which include a statewide ban on evictions implemented by the governor in an effort to combat the spread of the Delta variant this summer. Tim Eggert has full coverage of Monday's council meeting, including an update on the O'Neill Pool project. So be sure to check that out at panograph.com The town of Normal is asking high school students to
0: apply to be part of its first ever youth advisory council called Youth on a Mission. Counselor Kimberly Cummings is sponsoring this initiative and described it as a leadership o- opportunity designed to engage youth in the process of municipal government. 20 students from Normal's high schools will be selected to develop a project that they will present to council in April and they'll get the full experience because then the council will, will vote on whether or not to take action on that project. Throughout the programs, Students will have further opportunities to practice civic engagement and participate in community service and strategic planning. For more on Youth on a Mission and how to apply, be sure to find my story
1: at pantograph.com.
0: Now let's look into some interesting health news this week.
1: Sierra, what's going on? This week, health reporter Lindsey Jones spoke with the Bloomington family as they navigate healthcare for their three-year-old who was diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder. Axel Riordan, who is three, was diagnosed last year with metachromatic leukodystrophy which is a progressive disease that affects the body's nerve cells, causing symptoms that can include muscle rigidity, seizures, and loss of vision. Anywhere from one in every 40,000 to one in every 100,000 births in the U.S. are affected, and Lexi Worth, the boy's mother, said she only knows of one other family in Illinois whose child received the same diagnosis. Lindsay did a great job with the story and telling this family's journey, so if you want to read more, you can find the full story at Panagraph.com. Alright, Kelsey's gonna talk about some higher education starting with Illinois Wesleyan University, so let's take it away. Wesleyan grew its enrollment by 1% this fall, with 1,653
0: students, including 473 new students, according to data released this week. While total enrollment and freshman enrollment is still down from 2018 and pre-COVID levels, reporter Connor Wood wrote that the university doubled its number of first-generation students and students of color. For more enrollment statistics and trends as the university navigates the coronavirus pandemic, you can find Connor's full story at pantograph.com, as well as other as well as other enrollment stories from our local universities.
1: Public Schools is looking for its next superintendent, and the community was given the opportunity to give feedback on what they want in a new hire. After Paul Frigo left the district in June, the school board hired HYA, an executive search firm based in Schaumburg. Uh, with input from more than 1,000 teachers, staff members, parents, students, and community members, HYA presented a 16-page list of the district's strengths and weaknesses and the qualities the next superintendent will need to address them long-term commitment to the district experience in diverse communities transparency empathy and compassion were among the priorities named but number one on the list of challenges is related to the district's reputation and low academic performance the search firm expects to have a slate of around six candidates ready by early november to read more about what the district and the community wants in its next leader be sure to find tony Reed's story at herald-review.com and follow along as the search continues Three fights broke out at Bloomington High School on Monday, and the third escalated
0: to involve four students and sent a resource officer to the hospital. Superintendent Barry Riley said by the end of the day, eight students were suspended for their involvement in the fights, and he will recommend four of them for expulsion. Officer Scott Day was the only person injured during the incidents, though video that was spread on social media showed another school official being thrown to the ground during the fights. By Wednesday, the officer was home from the hospital and resting and Riley said criminal charges are pending for at least one of the students, but he could not provide details. For the full story, you can find my report at Pantograph.com. And now let's get into some sports news. What's going on at U of I, Sierra?
1: It sounds like the University of Illinois wants to keep its men's basketball coach around. The program announced Thursday, coach Brad Underwood has received a one-year contract extension, which will keep him in Urbana-Champaign through the 2026-27 season. Underwood was hired in March 2017 and originally agreed to a six-year, $18 million deal, and in March 2020, he signed a three-year extension. The UI Board of Trustees is expected to approve the second extension at its meeting on September 23rd. The Illini are 45-17 and 29-11 in the Big Ten over the last two seasons of Underwood's four-year tenure. He'll open his fifth campaign November 9th at home against Jackson State. For more on the coaching deal and how Illinois is looking as the season approach, uh, find James Boyd's story across our three sites at com, and Panagraph.com. The Mid-America Classic trophy is on the line Saturday when the
0: Illinois State football team travels to O'Brien Field to take on Eastern Illinois. Redbird coach Brock Spack said this is a big rivalry game, and strong safety, and strong safety Iverson Brown told the Panagraph it, it's their job to make sure the trophy stays at ISU again this year. In the most played rivalry in the FCS between non-conference opponents, ISU holds a 57-42-9 to to edge over Eastern, entering the, their 109th meeting. The Redbirds have won the past three contests and seven of the previous ten. The Panagraph's Randy Reinhardt has a full rundown of what to expect from Saturday's game over at Panagraph.com, and I expect we'll have full coverage following the matchup at both Panagraph and JG-TC.com, so be sure to check that out this weekend.
1: And with so many high school teams to follow in central Illinois, we don't always do a great job of hitting everything but good news. Herald and review, preps reporter Matt, Flotten holds a weekly video series, Flotten on Football, giving a breakdown on each week's game schedule. You can find that at (laughs) herald-review.com. At the Pantograph and the Journal-Gazette and Times Courier, our sports reporters also put together the team standings each week of the season. Be sure to check those out and find all of our Friday Night Lights coverage at pantograph.com and jg-dc.com. Also... um, editor Justin Kahn has put together um player of the week where you can go and vote on who you think can be the player of the week and I think we have launched that for both Panograph and JGTC and Decatur I'm pretty sure we have it on all three of our um websites but you can go and check that out and take a vote on who you think should be player of the week okay um With that, we're going to go into some public safety and courts news, first starting with something coming out of uh, Mattoon. The Shelby County
0: dive team has recovered the body of 32-year-old Nathan Tipsword. Tipsword's body was found Tuesday afternoon in Lake Shelbyville in the proximity of Lithia Springs Campground, said Shelby County Emergency Management Coordinator Troy Agney. The Mattoon man disappeared late Friday afternoon. He was last seen by his mother who was camping in Lithia Springs Campground. Tibbs was visiting his mother when he left to go for a walk and he did not return. For the full details on this story, be sure to find Athena Pager's report at jg-tc.com.
1: Normal and Illinois State University campus police on Tuesday responded to social media reports of abduction attempts near ISU campus, but both departments have said there appears to be no danger to the public, Kate Heather reported this week. Um, the normal police department verified a report was generated, but wrote that it is not believed to be an abduction attempt. You can read Cade's article on the report and social media posts at panograph.com. But really, I just wanted to highlight this because there's been a lot of rumors and speculation on social media, and we just want to assure everyone that the normal and Illinois State University police say that there is no danger to the ISU campus. A half-day hearing
0: has been scheduled for December 3rd for the 10-year-old boy charged with murder and arson in connection with a 2019 fire that killed five people near Goodfield. The boy, who was nine at the time, is accused of starting a fire inside a mobile home at Timberline Trailer Court northeast of Goodfield in April of 2019. He was charged with five counts of murder, two counts of arson, and one count of aggravated arson. Last year, a court-appointed childhood trauma expert found the boy to be unfit to stand trial. If convicted, he could be placed on probation for up to five years, as well as he could be ordered to complete counseling and therapy. You can read the full story and past reports from Kate Heather and the Pantograph staff at Pantograph.com.
1: The DeWitt County State's Attorney is reviewing possible charges against the Wisconsin man arrested Wednesday following a standoff with local and state police that prompted the temporary closure of US-51. Formal charges are pending against 36-year-old Orsino Thurman, who was, who, as of Thursday was being held in DeWitt County custody with a $75,000 bond. The incident that led to Thurman's arrest began with Clinton police being called for a report of domestic battery in a motel on State Route 54. During their investigation, officers witnessed Thurman leave the motel parking lot before learning he was wanted on active warrants, was armed, and had an infant in the vehicle. Clinton PD and Illinois State Police Troopers pursued Thurman on Route 55 south of Clinton after spike strips were deployed on US 51 and the suspect was stopped. State police SWAT and crisis negotiation teams convinced Thurman to surrender the baby before he fled again south on 51. For the full story on how officers were able to take him into custody and what charges the state attorney could bring against him, find Herald and Review reporters Matt Jenick's story, herald-review.com, and Panagraph.com.
0: Herald and review reporter Donette Beckett wrote several pieces on community theater coming back to Decatur, so we wanted to close out this week's pod with a little shout-out. As festivals and everything has started to come back, everyone is really excited to see the performing arts back in motion. Donnet featured this week a story on the Decatur Underground Theater, which will perform the classical musical Little Shop of Horrors, September 17th through 19th and 24th through 26th at the Decatur Civic Center. Milliken University School of Theater and Dance is also hitting the stage this month with the children's musical Wanda's Monster this weekend at the Albert Taylor Theater in Schilling Hall. Midsummer Moon production is also performing Disney's Descendants, which will tell the story of some of the beloved fairy tale characters and what happens when they become parents themselves. That performance is also happening this weekend at Richland Community College's Chilling Auditorium. You can find all of Donette Beckett's reporting on the community theater at herald-review.com. And up here in Bloomington, we've had quite a bit of arts coverage and things to look forward to as well so what have you been writing about this week or in the past like month sierra
1: <laughs> yeah um since we were already talking about like performance arts i just thought i would give a little shout out to artgasm and the bloomington center for performing arts um artgasm is a fundraiser that is uh seeking to like raise funds for the future of the Bloomington Creativity Center, which will create, like, a cultural arts district in downtown Bloomington, uh, to do that, they hold this fundraiser called Artgasm every year, um, and this year's theme is Grimm's Fairy Tale, and it's going to feature a lot of, like, um, the classics, Hansel and Gretel, Rapunzel, Rumpelstiltskin, Cinderella, that kind of thing, and um, people are encouraged to dress up, and there's going to be beer and local food, and um, of course, local art, which will be auctioned off, and also has a grim fairy tale twist to it. Um, After they've fundraiser people are going to be watching the Grimm's fairy tales which is like a hip-hop um, musical performance based on the Grimm's fairy tales and uh, Kelsey and I are thinking about going to that because we're in it just sounds so cool and um, I just wanted to give a shout out because there's a lot of cool things going on at the BCPA this year there's also like rents 25th anniversary and um a bunch of really great shows, um, we're really excited to see the performing arts back in motion, as uh, we said earlier, so check it out, you can find my stories at paintergraph.com, and then, um, yeah, just check in with us to see, like, what's going on in the art world, because it's really important. Um, that's going to do it for us today, folks. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in, as always, if you're enjoying this podcast and our reporting, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. While you're at it, head on over to panagraph.com, harold reviewcom and jg to look up subscription information and consider supporting Hashtag Local Journalism.